colleagues, friends, customers, here is another episode of my podcast, this time in English. Um, in German, it's the Perspektivenwechsel. It's, uh, you know, look at uh, the world from a different perspective. Mm -hmm. And I typically do that here with my uh, friend and colleague, Tim Nash. That's why we are switching to the English language. Hi, Tim. Hi, Marcus. Hey, and we, we're just happy people because we did our Facebook, uh, our first Facebook Live, and now we do a podcast. What, a na what an yeah, afternoon. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I can just sit back and relax. You know, I, I was steering the, uh, the Facebook Live and the Zoom interview, and now I'm being interviewed, so I can just kind of uh, relax here. You're, exactly. you're in charge of the technology. <laughs> That's right. There's not, not much technology here. It's just... a recorder and, um, okay. and a loudspeaker so hey tim um just a couple of words about you i mean you know i typically have here on my show um systemic consultants people who know what systemic mean mm -hmm. um can you describe a little bit about you being a systemic person or whatever mm -hmm. you are let let us know a little bit about yourself <laughs> well For me, I mean, I don't, I don't have the classic, let's say, um, systemic training that, that you have or other people that, that we work with, um, but I do take a systemic view in what I do in my, in my work. You know, I work like you, I, I do executive coaching, I do uh, team facilitation and, um, you know, lots of change consulting as well. Uh, and, you know, whether you're working with an individual or, or a team, a group or an organization, you know, um, I think it's important to keep in mind that they are a system. Yeah. Again, whether it's an individual or, or a team <laughs> or a, a big, you know, organization. Um, and, you know, um, it's important to, to really have that understanding when you approach people and you're trying to help people develop that, that they are a system that's made of lots of different things. Um, and uh, they have lots of different needs and, and wants and, and experiences. Right. Um, so for me to approach people realizing that, you know, um, it's, it's, a, it's a good starting point, um, but also thinking about, you know, their, their development. Um, you know, it's not as simple as you have to do, do this. If you want to do this, you know, I mean, there are lots of um, interconnections as we are all experiencing during this time of, of virtual working and virtual communication uh, over the last six, six weeks. Um, Yeah, did, did, did that answer your question, Marcus? Of course. Well, you know, and, and you're giving me here uh, the possibility to dive deeper. I Please. mean, we, we both are systems and our systems are friends, <laughs> also on the tennis yes. court from time to time. Also on the tennis court, yeah. And, and, and you work as an OD professional and a professional coach, as well as I do. Um, I think one, I don't know if it's, it's a difference. Uh, it's, a, it's more a source and we probably... Uh, are trained from the same source in some way and it's in you mm -hmm. uh, you would probably have the label gestalt mm -hmm. uh, could mm -hmm. you say uh, um, a little bit about that what what does gestalt mean for those who don't know sure well i consider myself a, a gestalt change practitioner um, and really um, you know gestalt originally comes from the world of, of therapy it's a, i think branched off from from psychotherapy many 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 years ago um But when, when you look at sort of Gestalt philosophy or even OD practices we, we are um, living and doing um, in our work, um, it, it's really about a focus on uh, the here and now, 
a, a difference between, let's say, the classic um, psychoanalysis um, and, and Gestalt therapy uh, would be, you know, psych psychoanalysis, I think, is famous for you know, diving into the past and reviewing past trauma and past experiences, um, whereas Gestalt therapy could do that as well, but um, only if the past event had relevance in the present. So in other words, and I'll try to bring this into the an OD context or let's say a, a personal development context in, a, in, a, um, in our world, you know, if, you know, let's say I, as an individual, um, uh, something happened in my past where I had a traumatic event with, with a former boss, let's say, who um, was controlling me and bullying me or whatever, a traumatic ex experience with that boss. Um, and, and now in the present, maybe even if it's 20 years later, you know, if I were still having problems with authority figures or people in authority over me, you know, if, if, if that were a pattern, then it would be worth looking at that pattern, you know, because even though it was 20 years ago when I had this traumatic event with uh, the, the authority figure, it would still be affecting my relationships right now, yeah. you know, and, and that's, that's very connected to um, the systemic view, right? Exactly, um, very much. We're not just talking about the systemic things, but also events. Yeah. Um, and even if an event happened 20 years ago, even if it happened when I was a small child, it might have very much relevance, you know, 45 years later. Yeah, well, and as a you systemic know? person, I would always look at, you know, what does the context provide in order to trigger that pattern? There it gets also. even even more systemic in a way. So great, yeah, there's a, a big overlap between the Gestalt ideas and the systemic ideas. And, you sure. know, if, if, if I look at that, how... Um, um, those ideas kind of developed, um, they developed uh, at the same time, more or less. So you never mm -hmm. know how that is connected. Um, although though you right. can distinguish in one hand, there's a lot of overlap. And I think that's probably the case, not only because of sympathy, um, why we work together so well and uh, enjoy mm. each other's company. That's probably one part of uh, a similarity. Probably. Absolutely. Yeah, I would agree. But... Now we come to differences. <laughs> there, is a, there, there is a very obvious difference, and it's probably our mother language. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and I mean, you are an American transplant. That's, I mean, okay, you're first of all an American. Yes. And yes. Uh, you do that interesting series, and that's a personal series. Mm -hmm. about somebody living now in Germany for a longer time? You are married to yes, a, a, your German wife? Um, yes, I've been in Germany now for, for or Munich, for over 18 years. Um, but I've been away from home, let's say, living as an American transplant, mm -hmm. away from my home of Los Angeles, California, uh, for over 25 years. Just oh. actually had my 25th anniversary. Oh, so, right. Um, so in my series, American Transplant, I do talk about um, some experiences and observations that, that I've had over the 25 years, not just in, in Germany, but also uh, I lived over three years in Asia, Far East Asia. Um, so, so, yeah, it's a different perspective. It is. And, you know, let me let me ask you this. Maybe that's also already a language difference. Um, in German, we have that word Heimat, which typically mm. is... Um, um, transported into American English like home <coughs> mm -hmm, but I think mm -hmm. the concepts are different 
What hmm. what is home for you? Well, um, that's a that's a good question. I've often thought of this. Obviously, I mean, I, I speak German. I'm surrounded by by German, so I know this word Heimat, and people have asked me, you know, about it. And um, it's a hard question to to answer. You know, where, where's your, your where are you from? Where's your Heimat? Your your hometown? Um, it's it's difficult for me to answer, but you know I don't know that it's any easier in in, in Germany to answer this question because of my unique situation, being away from for so long. Um, you you tell me, Marcus. Um, how would you? What what do you see as the difference between um, Heimat and hometown? Exactly. So um, there is probably the already the uh, the difference in language, which I assume I don't know that. Um, If if you uh, would ask you me wh where do you come from or where is your home, I would say Munich. I, but I have not been raised in Munich. I didn't grow up here. I'm mm. a Swabian Schwabe. I'm you know south of Stuttgart mm -hmm. in the middle of nowhere. Uh, I mean mm -hmm. in American uh, terms, it's not too far away. But for German, this is worlds. I mean yeah, you know sure. uh, we have a uh, we have a different type of language. I could talk Swabian and nobody from northern germany or even bavaria would understand me and uh, mm -hmm. so that's there's tremendous cultural differences but you know my home is uh, i live for so long in munich that i say my home okay. is munich uh, okay. also difficult because i don't feel like i'm a bavarian bavaria is also very right. they have that colloquial style you know being a bavarian that's kind of really down-to-earth mm -hmm. people you know some kind of these things And if you come from Munich these days, um, you are probably more like international, intercultural. There's no mm -hmm. uh, people, I, in my view, the real Munich people, they just died a long time ago. There's all <laughs> sorts of people coming to Munich to live here. And that's what I like mm -hmm. about my hometown, Munich. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, where I've been raised and brought up is somewhere else. But if, I would, if, if somebody... So that is... Not only a choice, it has become home. That's I live here with my family. I feel home. It feels like home to me. And although I know my roots, I would say home is here. What? How would you answer the question? Where's your home? Well, um, I, I always say the the U.S. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. um, but I do feel that that I have a connection still to mm -hmm. to my home country. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily my place of birth, which is Los Angeles. You know, and, and my situation is, is um, also complicated because as, as a child, my family relocated from, from California and Los Angeles up to a little south of Portland, Oregon. So I spent about 10 years of my youth um, in a different state. You know, and when I was 18, I, I came back down to, to Los Angeles and Southern California, and that's where I was drawn to, the place of my birth. Um, so, you know, this is doubly complicated because of, of that, you know, um, but it's it's not an, it's not an easy question to, to answer I, i suppose now home is munich for me mm -hmm. and this is what i i tell people you know i've i've been here over 18 years i've never been anywhere in my life this long mm -hmm. you know even even i'm talking about oregon i was there for for 10 years i was in los angeles for for 10 years or less so so munich is really my home um but I do feel connected to the U.S. and and that culture. And maybe yeah. you have some some questions, upcoming questions about the culture. I, I assume, but but um, you know, we have an expression. You know, you can take <clears throat> you can take the the boy out of the the country, but you can't take the country out of the boy. All right, um, yeah, that's yeah, a nice. Actually, thing. It's, it's, a, it's a bit different. I sort of have um, 
smooth smooth that expression out a little bit, but you got my meaning, I think. Of course, um, that's a nice saying. So, so I mean, uh, you need to know, but I guess you know it. I told you, I, I think, that I've been living for uh, almost two years in Seattle, in uh, right. North, uh, Pacific Northwest in the U.S., which also yes. became something like home to me. So I still feel connected. Mm. I am connected to uh, close friends. There's a friend who is so close to me that I sometimes call him brother. So we're wow. really close. And um, I have host parents that kind of hosted me at that time. I was a student or in the, in the end of my studies. Mm -hmm. So I've, I also feel a connection, but, um, you know, probably it's different than, than yours. Um, what, mm. what really struck me about those words that you told me that you're doing this series um Mm -hmm. The American transplant is mm -hmm. that it is um, it is actually a metaphor, you know. A, a transplant mm. is typically in real life something else, isn't it? I mean, mm. if I think about transplants, I think about medicine. I think about a liver yes. that's transplanted and now lives in another organism. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that's that's the met metaphor. And I I also I think it's funny. I I, I often do the mistake when we talk about your. Um, American transplant that I even say American implant, you know, that kind of, that's, uh, <laughs> that's, uh, it's just, yeah, and it probably, I do that because I have, well, that why do you, yeah, why do you think you do that? Yeah. What, what, you know, I think there is a, there is an entity that is you, there is a system, a living system that is you, that's been taken away somewhere and now sits Uh, is implanted on top of something else that's more you know you have implants in your mouth something like that but typically True. you know that's maybe that's uh, very close to each other from um, in, in terms of the meaning that uh, in my view that it describes mm -hmm. you as a, as a living system as an organism you know mm -hmm. now is is living in a in a different body in a way um, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. and how is life as a transplant how, how would you describe that <laughs> um well actually i talked about i tried to answer this question um or a variation of this question on my one of my recent episodes um because when i first came here to to, to munich and to germany to europe you know i often got the question you know what's it like you know and what how was the culture shock and, and how how was it integrating into this this strange place this foreign place this you know different culture And the answer was always um, was easy, you know, because I had lived in, you know, Asia. So many places. South Korea, yeah. South Korea and, and, and Japan, and things were really different there, not just the way people looked um, and, and food and things, um, but things were really different, the mindsets and the, the, you know, sort of the way people did things, um, the way society ran and politics, everything. So, so... To answer your question, Marcus, it's it's been very natural here. I don't. I mean, there are still some differences that you know. I also made a, an episode about things that still get to me after this many years. You know, things that still bother me. Um, but you know, I've been here so long that um, I w sometimes when I say you know Germans are like this or the people here are like like this, you know, uh, what I'm really talking about is is people are humans. You know, because I've been here so long, I forget that, that Americans can be pushy too or bossy or impolite. What do you mean? You know, we are pushy and impolite, <laughs> we Germans. <laughs> let me more my, let me hear my, more about my it. perspective. Oh certain 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 times, you know, one thing that still gets to me after all this time is you know how people 
tend to, and this is before the social distancing and things, pe people tend to sort of cut in line, get in front of you. If you're at the bakery waiting your turn, if somebody comes in, they might go in front of you and they don't necessarily look and wait for you. Whereas, um, you know, that, that still gets to me after all this time. Um, but again, there might be some things that happen. And, you know, I, I might say to, to Miriam, my wife, who, who is German, and, and by the way, I, I, I love it here and, and I'm, I choose to live here. And, and um, but of course, I'm human and I complain sometimes. So again, I might complain about this German thing or the Germans do this. But again, I've been here so long. I think what I mean is, is humans yeah. do that. Yeah. I, I really love your perspective and also to hear a little bit more about, you know, how, how it is here, what you still notice, what still gets to you. So this, uh, you know, I, I was thinking um, um, when I came back from Asia and took the S-Bahn, mm -hmm. um, it was an experience kind of, no, no, how can that be? People are rude. And after after yeah, okay. a day or so, I just didn't even notice that it that people are, <laughs> I, I got back to my inner normal, you know. Uh, yeah, uh, no okay. politeness. Funny. So what else? What well, do, what what do you notice? What still gets to you? Um. Yeah. Okay. Well, so there's the, the cutting in line was was, was mm -hmm. one thing. Um, um. Before this whole social distancing, you know, the social distancing wasn't so. It certainly wasn't a meter and a half. Let me put it that way. So the use of personal space mm -hmm. uh, and working interculturally, different cultures. You know, you know that anybody working in different cultures knows that each country has their sort of the norm, the distance between people. Yes. Um, but even though I know that, you know, it, it still can bother me if I'm standing at the airport and I feel somebody's breath on my neck. Mm -hmm. Especially these days, you don't want to feel a, somebody else's breath. No, on your no, neck. <laughs> no, exactly, exactly. exactly. Um, but, but I mean, even before this, you know, and, and yeah. that's a funny, funny story. I was in years ago, I was visiting, um, somebody in Portland, Oregon. Um, and then I had to, I was there for a few days and then I was going down to Los Angeles to visit my family. Um, and so I went to the Portland airport to catch a plane to Los Angeles and I was waiting in line. Um, and literally I could feel breath, someone's breath on the back of my neck. Uh, and, and I, and I just knew it was a, a German, <laughs> you know, and, and I sort of, you know, felt myself, you know, getting angry because here I was in my culture, things like this weren't supposed to happen in, in my culture and here this was happening. Anyway, so I turned around, prepared to sort of have a confrontation and, and had a lovely exchange with this woman who was German, actually. Is she your um, wife today? No. <laughs> no, she's <laughs> a different woman. But, but you know, we, we chatted in, in small talk. You know, we had some small talk. We chatted. And what, why are you going to L.A.? What were you doing in Portland? And, you know, it was a, she was a lovely person. And that's how it is with cultural differences. Yeah. They're just differences, you know. Exactly. Um, distance between people is different in different places. Um, one's not better. One's not worse. It's just a difference. You know. So what do you think, who has it, has now a harder time, the Americans for, for the social distancing or we as Germans from a cultural perspective? Um, well, I think probably the Germans, because Germany is a smaller country, first of all, from, from America and because of this cultural difference we're talking about. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm thinking about what's it like in Italy or, or Spain where the distance is really close yeah. they, they must have a really hard time with i it. mean if you if you look at uh, the uh, the cases in in the countries you could say maybe that's also um derived from culture being close to each other 
uh, you know, on all that. And if you look at mm. um, if if you look at the demonstrations right now at the Munich Marienplatz, where people mm -hmm. again kind of didn't didn't obey any rules about. I mean, that's not really German, I must say, right? At least not mm. from a stereotype point of view. Sure. Um, sure. That you know, they're kind of from a cultural point of view. They're just getting close together like they did before without any face masks or really? something like that. Yeah, it, wow. it, it was on the week, man. It, it, it was scary, you know. If, um, but anyway, yeah. Uh, so that's, yeah, uh, that's interesting. But you said, you know, it's just differences. No matter yeah. where they come from, maybe we lose um, the reasons. Uh, one reason could be that America is such a big place. There's so much sure. space, right. uh, which, is just, which is just not the case in Germany. We always had to kind of fight for space or use it in an appropriate way, something like that. Yeah. Oh, and it, it is challenging. You know, I can remember one of the challenges living in, in South Korea years ago. Um, it's a very small country, mm -hmm. um, you know, country divided in half. And, you know, South Korea, I don't know, 80 million people. I don't remember how, what the size of it is, maybe larger, living in a very small space, mm -hmm. you know. Um, yeah, no, that was, that was really challenging. So, again, you know, Germany was, was easy <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> after that. So do you have any more things that still get to you, like distance, like being rude? In a, okay, in well, the, I actually, in the, the episode I did about the differences, I called it the differences that still matter. Um, mm -hmm. the, the third thing I brought up was related to, to these, and that is um, sort of the, the me first um, culture. The um, me first culture, you know, yeah. Me first culture, let, yeah. Me, let me explain. So, for example, if... Um, you know, you're, you're walking down the street and, um, you know, you sort of, um, or let's say walking in a, in a, in a supermarket or something and, and, you know, two people sort of come together. In my culture, somebody might say, um, oh, please, you, you first, you mm -hmm. first. Mm -hmm. You know, um, well, again, whether this is walking the supermarket or even at the, when cars are driving, if there are no clear lights or stop signs or whatever, you might, you know, please go ahead, you, you go first, um, the elevator or whatever. But here, it's more me first, mm -hmm. in my experience. Mm -hmm. Not always, not always. And some things, for example, I've learned in, in Germany, for example, in the elevator, there are kind of strict norms. Um, but again, that's a different topic. Um, but in general, like thinking about driving, you know, thinking about driving. Um, we, by the way, Marcus, our, our, uh, our video just, just uh, cut off here, but that's fine. That's, yeah. that's fine, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, when, when driving here, um, I think it can feel a little, a little aggressive. Mm -hmm. People sort of cutting in front of you. And in fact, Miriam, she's a much better driver than I am here because she, she knows the, the system. She knows the culture. She grew up in this. She does very well. And she, she's able to get in there and get the car and cut in there. And, you know, <laughs> she does all she, that. But I, Munich, I'm, I'm, Munich is special. <laughs> Munich is so special. I need to tell you that's is it. It's like driving more in Italy. That's, uh, how I okay. uh, uh, but okay. so don't worry you you have to be a Munich inhabitant to kind of do the driving here yeah right and and, and people you know are, like I said they seem more aggressive driving around mm -hmm. here in Munich if you drove around just drove around you would think wow this is a really aggressive place people are really aggressive but walking around people people aren't aggressive you know um, but again this is just something that's that's different you have to get used to and yeah. You know, I, and I can tell you that going to the states and and driving around there, I get frustrated because of this me first thing. I'm like, come come on, go 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 go. You know? <laughs> so you already took something in in into you already. 
absolutely it, it changes yeah. you already a little bit yeah yeah driving absolutely. in, in, in and, and the us is totally different it's a, a different story mm. yeah i was going to ask you what what uh, what do you miss the most you said you feel, feel really connected to to seattle and your time there and other, other than the people your host family and your friends you know what what differences do you really miss what i noticed when i uh, got over there it was really um, the cultural difference and maybe that's just uh, the pacific northwest or even the west coast that's probably not the whole us uh, that's a lifestyle i would call it um, live and let live so nobody would actually notice you know what clothes you wear what you would do there is so much difference uh, uh, possible there um, uh, people would be rather curious to 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 find out about you and um, mm. you know their uh, german mindset in my view at that time was more like closed barriers where you know people mm. we we germans sometimes really like to be right and to know how it's right divided from wrong that obviously makes life easier because there's a right and a wrong and if you're on the right sure. side that's fine uh, but uh, and i really had the uh, the feeling that people they truly observe me more they, they look at me and they try to see me and they're mm -hmm. not trying to judge me immediately if i fit into some category if or if i don't that i really enjoyed while i was uh, living there um, mm -hmm. um so this this open mindedness um uh, yeah. So, and also true motivation. So you, you felt free. You felt free to just uh, you know wear wear whatever you wanted and it say is, whatever you it's wanted. It's clothes. It's you know I I got myself one of those big American cars like a uh, V eight big block Lincoln Town Car Continental. Oh. Um, wow. Seventy six. Um, so that was just a great car. The, the the car that Kennedy was shot in, but not the convertible. Really? The limousine stuff. Yeah. Oh, didn't I tell you yeah, that? Yeah. No, so. no, I didn't know. That. We, we call that a, a gas gas guzzler. Exactly, I had one of those gas guzzlers, and uh, you know, it was a typically a typical American car. Uh, it was uh -huh. ninety five, ninety six. So you know, at that time, gasoline was still cheap, and nobody could mm -hmm. think of mm -hmm. Tesla and electric cars. But right. already, Americans would say, "I would never get such a car." It's you know, it eats up really? gas, and I was spending. I was just spending as much money on gas. Uh, like I would for my Golf diesel in Germany because gas was so cheap in the U.S. But so you, <laughs> you you see the difference there already. But they would yeah, yeah. They, they would smile. They would say, "Hey, uh, he's enjoying what he's doing there," and they they are not so jealous in my view. That's also some some German stuff or even some Swabian. Mm. You look at what your neighbor mm. has and you try to compare. And had the feeling mm -hmm. the people they don't compare as much their lives. Uh, it's it's live and let live. That was for me mm. one of the. Well, and, and certainly, you know, I think, um, again, from my perspective, um, there is some of that jealousy of, of the neighbor's car or the, the friend's job or whatever. But in that culture, you certainly are supposed to show the live and let live mm -hmm. approach yeah. and attitude. So even if you do have jealousy about something, you, you try not to show it. You wouldn't show it openly, yeah. You know, and in the same way that, you know, I mean, people are, you know, how are you? And they're asking lots of questions and they seem to be taking an interest. Um, they may or may not be taking an interest in you. They, they may or may not care how you're feeling today, but that's a cultural norm or let's say even expectation that you need to ask someone how they're doing. And, you know, again, I, you, you were asking me what I liked 
I really liked that you go shopping and people would ask you, how are you? And you'd say, hey. And even if it's played, sometimes you, 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 you see that it's, you know, people just do it because you do it. Yeah. But it creates such a much, for me, just as just me, maybe mm -hmm. others see it differently. It creates just a, a bit of a different atmosphere between mm -hmm. people that is different from the German uh, atmosphere. Uh, mm. You know, here it's, how are you? Good, fine. Let's go back to business. And then you're pretty serious. Germans are very serious, I think, often. <laughs> and it, mm -hmm. it creates a different atmosphere. And some, some Germans say it's superficial. What American, Americans are superficial. I don't mind if it's superficial. It's just nice. And here I have yeah. a, a wonderful story to share. And that's not about Germans mm -hmm. and Americans. It's about Finns. Um, and oh. and Germans, uh, my my housemate, we we rented a house, the so-called international house, with seven mm -hmm. people from seven different countries. Mm -hmm. And there was uh, we had Haley, uh, a Finnish girl, um, and she. Um, uh, Finns are also very serious. Okay, uh, they yeah. they tend uh, that uh, to to have some a lot of humor, but very dry. And they uh, the first mm -hmm. place they look serious, and. Um, It, it happened that Haley went to the Safeway just around the corner from our house and went to do okay. some grocery shopping. Mm -hmm. And the guy at the cashiers, he would ask her, you know, hi, how are you? And she would, because nobody was behind her, she would tell him how she was and she was miserable. Okay. And she, you know, you probably, it's not culturally appropriate to, to answer that question right. very openly. If you're not doing well, you'd say, ah, oh, yeah, I'm okay, but let's yeah, get, get yeah. over it. Um, right. But she really, you know, she opened her heart for him. Oh, because wow. <laughs> she, and you know what? Uh, two years later, uh, she got married to him because really? of that. Yeah, because of that intercultural difference. Oh. And, so he uh, was listening. He really did care. And he did care during that moment. And, you know, uh, she brought him to our house two weeks later. So I got to, and I could see that romance evolve and because of that cultural difference and that's isn't that funny or nice i i, yeah. I still like the uh, the great story the, the story but i have a i have a final question for you sure. um, or i don't know if it's final but if I, if i come back to your metaphor with the american transplant mm -hmm. um i could ask you you know if i if i think about transplantation i know mm -hmm. that the immunist system The, uh, f from from the body, for example, if you mm -hmm. get another organ, needs to mm -hmm. be suppressed in a way that uh, uh, so the the organ is not pushed away, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So uh, if we kind of stick to to that metaphor, mm -hmm. um, what what as an as an a German organism, in your view, you know, if you are the transplant, what do we have to learn? in order to not uh, destroy our relationships to, to our transplants, to, to people that live here, mm -hmm. like you, maybe from your mm -hmm. perspective. I don't know if you can answer that generally, but what would you say? Yeah. What, what does the German collective organism would need to, mm -hmm. to learn? Yeah, well, you know, I'll tell you a, a story or, or an experience that, that I had, an observation that I made. You know, we had the World Cup in Germany in 2006. Yes, I remember. Um, and, um, you know, and I was here, I moved here in, in August 2001, so a few weeks before 9-11. Uh, 
in 2001. Uh, so I was here for several years before before the World Cup came in 2006. Um, and you know, I, I really saw a big and you know Germany hosted the World Cup in 2006. Yes, you, re you remember? Of course. Um, and, and so we were the hosts, and it was a, a beautiful summer or a beautiful time during the World Cup, if you remember. Um, the sun was shining. I'm sure Germany never looked better on TV. Um, but you know, people people were really making an effort to be open, mm -hmm. you know, yes. and speak English yeah. to the Finns or the Americans or whoever was here traveling around. Um, and it, it seemed like, and again, I don't know if it was just because of the, the World Cup in 2006. Um, I think it was several things, but, but I have seen, uh, you know, Germany open up and, and people becoming more uh, interested in maybe the foreigner who works at the coffee shop or mm -hmm. The, the person they meet at the supermarket or the, the new colleague, you know, um, I think, so I, I, to answer your question, I would say just a continuation of, of just showing interest mm -hmm. in, in people. Um, and if they're from somewhere else, we'll ask them about that place and don't make them feel invisible. Mm -hmm. um, and I, that would be my, my biggest sort of tip, but also, um, answer to your to your question you oh, know nice yeah welcome people you know and, and show show interest um so that they feel welcome and that they'll stay if they, if they want to mm -hmm. and i really think uh the german culture uh, our heritage kind of could help because i think there germans can be fantastic hosts mm -hmm. and you know if we kind of attach ourselves uh, connect reconnect to being a host And maybe that was the reason. And that's if, if I look at what you just explained, we were hosting something, you know, and uh, I think mm -hmm. that that made us maybe more open to others. Um, so mm. as a German, I would say be open to be, to host, you know, to to be a host to someone. And it, it creates politeness. It invites people. Germans are then more inviting the Gastgeber role in German, you know, that maybe mm -hmm. that was the reason. Uh, why you experience okay. it and and during these days especially we don't feel like a host we feel like a nation within the uh, uh, just in corona times everybody kind of looks at, uh, towards himself or herself but we need mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. uh, we need to be aware that we're hosting maybe even ourselves you know german to germans not only to foreigners but especially mm -hmm. of course to, to to you guys as Mm -hmm. uh, as as foreigners and uh, so we you know sticking to that story or metaphor i would really say um to to be aware <laughs> to to celebrate and and germany didn't win the world championship 2006 unfortunately there is that uh, mm -hmm. i don't know if you heard about that because uh, that's funny of that course, you say you know the the um it's called sommermärchen that's uh, yeah summer uh, summer fairy tale summer, summer I, fairy tale and yeah. um And maybe that was a really special time. Uh, today yes, we're, we're far away from fairy tale, but uh, maybe it's time for uh, again, you know, being being a host. Even if if you don't win everything, you can just celebrate together, even in a, in a distance. Like uh, we all have to mm. keep social distance these days. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. What a fantastic episode with you, Tim. Well, thanks for your question. Thanks for showing interest, Marcus. Hey, I would I would love to have you back again here, in in the Perspektivenwechsel, um, change your perspective anytime. And, and anytime. Uh, I'm looking forward to any conversation that we have. And actually, 
also to host you one day here. You just have to stand my kids. <laughs> <laughs> Gladly, absolutely. And I'm looking forward to getting out on the tennis court, hopefully yes. very soon. We're again, allowed to you. do that. Starting next week, we'll look for an appointment. Really? Yeah. It's, oh, it's opening yeah, up. We do can that. do that. Excellent. Good. <laughs> my friend, thank you very much for, for your time. And I say goodbye and also to all our listeners here. Thanks, Marcus. Bye. Bye-bye.